Hi, everyone. I'm Nikki Porter. And I'm Nadine Smith. And this is Canada Horse Podcast brought to you by Informed Equestrian. We strive to enhance the lives of horse owners by facilitating conversations that make people want to talk. Canada Horse Podcast. We're spotlighting the Canadian horse industry while serving our mission to help bridge the knowledge gap for horse owners by offering the whys behind the decisions we make for our horses, from their tack to their trainers to their vet care and everything in between. Our listeners are encouraged to use the information offered here on Canada Horse Podcast to make informed choices that suit their individual needs. We believe in education over judgment and informed choices over following the crowd. Hello and happy new year. This is episode 28 of Canada Horse Podcast. And as promised, we are starting out our first episode of 2022 in a big way. In a little while, we'll be bringing on our first guest of the year, Andrea Fapani. Hi, everyone. If this isn't a great way to start off the new year, I don't know what is. Before we bring on Andrea, let's take a couple minutes to get our heads in the right place to kickstart 2022 in the best way that we can. We started last year by talking about our intentions in order to stay true to our values and meet the goals we wanted to achieve. How about we revisit those and set our intentions and goals for 2022? Yes, that's right. Let's do that. First, we should address a bit of an elephant in the room. In a few minutes, we're about to talk about taking some flights and traveling to the U.S. to attend a big event. We've been running a giveaway for tickets to the Along for the Ride Symposium, and it has been awesome to see the excitement from people on social media. But there are definitely those out there who just aren't ready to travel yet. Honestly, I'm a little, maybe a lot shocked that we're still basically in the same position as we were this time last year with COVID starting the year off. Things have taken a turn since our last episode in early December. When we recorded that episode and announced that we'd be going to Las Vegas in February, I even made the comment that I was ready to finally get out of Canada. And then we got hit with a really pretty strong wave of COVID here in Nova Scotia. And there have been a return to some increased restrictions. Our kids are actually still home, hopefully returning to school next week. We might find out today. And we've seen a lot of travel being canceled. I'm going to be honest. I went from being very excited. I even started getting on the treadmill again (laughs) to being a little fearful that things would remain the same as 2020 and 2021. So here's the difference. So we're vaccinated. And although we currently have some more restrictions, the borders are still open for travel. And it looks like the events will be allowed to continue here in the spring and summer. We're talking about events like clinics and shows in the U.S. Things are still going on. It's just a matter of us getting there and getting home. So we're going to go ahead with the rest of this conversation, optimistic about the future, while also acknowledging that there are still some pretty real challenges due to the pandemic. You nailed it, Nadine. That certainly is an elephant in the room worth talking about. (laughs) I am so ready to travel again, although I understand that not everyone is. It is such a strange time to try to navigate what's right and wrong and wanting to stay as safe as possible and live life because, in my opinion, life needs to be lived. So I feel good about our decision to travel with our families now being vaccinated and Blake will have her second vaccination by the time it comes for our trip. So that makes me feel really good too. 
my main concern was Blake. So that feeling has really eased about being nervous about her. We also have a feeling more so what's being sick with COVID looks like right now, because it is more every day. It's not just spoken about more people that we know actually have it. So that's been helpful for me as well. I'm definitely ready to hit the road and get inspired leading into the rest of 2022. I think we're ready to take a minute to chat about what we wanted leading into last year and now heading into a brand new year. Heading into 2021, I set the intention to show up. I feel like I was able to do that. And it's still an intention that I'm bringing into this new year with me, but it will be less about showing up online this year and more about showing up in real life for real life experiences that will inspire, challenge, and educate both myself and our audience. How about you, Nadine? I love your intentions, Nikki. I think you did a really great job with what you set out to achieve last year. And I really like that you want to focus more on showing up in person this year. It really speaks to how things have gone the last year. We're all ready to get back to doing things in real life, not just online on Zoom. So last year, my big intention was to be more present with my animals and my family. I slowly scaled back on social media. And this year I plan to do even less online, if that's possible. (laughs) Being home so much the way that I am makes the relationship with social media somewhat complicated. It's one of the few ways to stay in touch with friends and to see what sorts of events are going on. It's basically the only way I know about horse shows and clinics and things like that and what's going on with my friends. But the downside is getting hooked into mindless scrolling. And that definitely happens for me. And it it doesn't help the fact that we have informed equestrian in the podcast because it's kind of work tied in with personal, right? So I'm planning to set my phone down more this year and to make more plans with friends and family in person. I had also set out goals to to compete, and I really feel like I did that to the best of my ability. I worked really hard to get my horse in shape after a year and a half off, and we got to three shows, which is almost the amount of shows that were available locally. This year, I think we're finally going to get Alex Ross and Franco Bertolani here for the clinics we've been waiting for since 2020. So I've decided to board bow in an indoor arena for a few months to get ready for those and the upcoming show season. So I'm really looking forward to seeing more shows return this year and putting some of the things that I have been and will be learning into practice. I think you did such a good job last year of pulling it all together and doing the things. And I think we all got comfortable just staying home. And it was, it's normally a bit of a challenge to get ready for shows, but it was increasingly challenging to get ready for shows. Not only were our horses and ourselves out of shape more Mm -hmm. so than maybe normal, um, but just getting out there. So I think you did a great job and I'm really excited leading into this summer as well, because I have some Quebec dates on my calendar that I'm going to pressure you to join me on. So (laughs) I'm really looking forward to, uh, to traveling a little bit more this summer. And that there's just so many fun things to do coming up in the near future with each other and our ponies. And I really can't wait. What a great way to kick off a new year. So Nadine, let's quickly set a couple intentions for Canada Horse Podcast and for Informed Equestrian before Andrea joins us. I believe our personal intentions and goals actually reflect nicely on our intentions for how we want things to go for the podcast and Informed Equestrian. What do you think? I completely agree. And you know what? 
I think the reason we're having this conversation right now is to put it out there for you, our listeners, so you can know what to expect. And also, I guess, to try to encourage people to do the same for themselves, just so that you kind of have an intention and a goal set for the new year. I really have to say that I feel... I don't know. I don't want to say defensive, but sometimes when we've been stuck at home and in this COVID life now for two years, I don't really want somebody telling me to put all these pressures on myself to do this and do that. But I'm just saying generally, if we at least have an optimistic goal and outlook for the year, then we will work towards that. So just throwing that out there. So you guys know exactly why we're having this conversation. So I think we're both ready to do more in-person stuff less posting, more conversations, hopefully more in-person interviews. We had so much fun doing that in-person interview with Jim Anderson. That's so good. <laughs> we love being present online and being there for our audience, but it is time to spend less energy on the on- in the online space and more on real-life connections and experiences that make us and you guys feel energized and informed. We set out with Informed Equestrian and Canada Horse podcast to help people find answers to questions they've been thinking about and bring up questions they didn't even realize they needed to ask. We wanted to spotlight the Canadian horse industry. We wanted to be taken seriously in the podcast and the equestrian world and made a commitment to ourselves to be consistent with our presence on social media and with our episodes. And I think that we can agree that we've done a pretty good job on those things. We love hearing from you, the listeners, and we absolutely plan to continue having an online presence. And chatting back and forth with you guys is one of the best parts of that. So you may not see us online as much, but please keep the messages, comments, and feedback coming. We'll continue to take what you ask for into consideration when we plan for future episodes or maybe future dates or fun experiences. Yes. This year, we're going to be putting our heads together to figure out a way to create in-person experiences for equestrians and putting a lot of effort into doing more interviews because we know you guys really enjoy hearing from the experts. Speaking of experts, we have a very special guest that we're about to bring on. Nikki, do you remember when you first heard of Andrea Fapani? I do. It's kind of funny because if I think back to 2019 to this year, like it sounds like it was not that long ago, but it feels like it was a really long time ago. And sometimes I forget that I really, like I knew what raining was and I knew some rainers but I wasn't invested in the world. And then I got very quickly invested into the world. And when I found out Andrea Papani, I actually, that's like one of the moments in my, in my like horse career that actually said, like, I, I want to be in this world. So it wasn't necessarily because of Andrea Papani mm-hmm. as a person or him specifically, but he was involved. So Mike and I were in Texas on a trip to pick up his truck And a friend of ours said she was going to be at a show in Katy, Texas. And we were like not far from there. So we said, oh, well, let's just take a drop, like a drive by. It could have been a backyard show. And I think I've maybe told this story before. So I'll fast forward, but it could have been a backyard show. And we showed up and it was the Breeders Classic and (laughs) (laughs) no big deal. So we're sitting in the audience and Andrea Fapani was one of the riders. So that would have been the first time I would have really seen him. 
And it was kind of in person watching him ride, which was really cool. And that was actually the first time I heard of Yellowstone as well. We got Yellowstone t-shirts when we were sitting oh, in the cool. audience. Yeah. So they were like, it was like out. early Yellowstone days. It was before Yellowstone came out. Nobody had heard of it. We were like, what's Yellowstone? And we were looking at the t-shirts and then, yeah, somebody said, oh, it's going to be a TV show. You'll have to watch. It was kind of cool. It's so funny because I remember you calling me from there and being mm-hmm. like, you'll never believe this. Like we just ended up at the show and there's all these big guys. And, and I had been mentally in the reigning world for a few years at that point, but not like physically doing this stuff, but I had been doing my background check. So I knew what was going on. So I was like, Oh my gosh, you're there. That's so cool. It was, so that's a really neat story and crazy All that right. you got to see those guys. Tell us yours. Cause I know that you ha- kind of have a neat story. Yeah. So back like seven years ago when I, I don't even know if we had many reigning clinics or, and I know there was shows going on back then, but I didn't, I wasn't ready for the shows. I didn't, wasn't practicing or hadn't had any lessons, but I was certainly Googling things. And so I found an hour and a half long clinic slash demonstration on YouTube that I watched. And I learned so much. If you Google reigning clinic, and you set the time to over an hour, it's, it's still on there. It's from 2014 and it's Andrea Fapani and it's called preparing your horse to show. And it's so, so good. It's where I first learned about, um, running, not just doing a rundown as fast as you could go, but doing it in gears, like first gear, second gear, third gear, and how you can get your horse hooked on the circle. And just so many different things that I learned just by him talking while he was riding his horse. So at that time, I didn't know how famous he was or who he was, but I learned later because I recognized his name and his voice, who he was as the years went on. So it's pretty cool. That's a really cool way to, uh, to be introduced to him. So having been interested in reigning for a while now, we are well aware of who Andrea Fapani is, but for those of you who might not be as familiar, Andrea grew up in Italy on his parents' dairy farm, and his passion for horses was passed down from his father. His foundation with horses actually started with riding English, jumping specifically. After being encouraged by a friend to take a lesson on a reigning horse, he fell in love with the sport. In the 90s, he moved to the United States and eventually ended up working with top reigning trainers such as Craig Johnson and Todd Bergen. In the early 2000s, he went out on his own as a trainer, and by 2006, he had become the youngest National Reigning Horse Association Million Dollar Rider. Andrea can be seen on the TV series The Last Cowboy and has made appearances on Yellowstone. He's an NRHA Open Derby champion, four-time NRBC Open Derby champion, four-time NRHA Open Futurity champion, and recently became the very first NRHA $7 million rider. So to put it simply, we have the NRHA all-time leading rider about to come on and discuss his Along for the Ride event and symposium that is being held February 25th to 27th in Las Vegas, Nevada. Joining Andrea will be Sean Flarida, who is a $6 million rider and until recently held the NRHA leading rider title. Nick Dowers, who excels as a top rider in the National Reigning Cow Horse Association and is a two-time Road to the Horse champion along with several other top experts in the equine industry. Let's say hello. Well, hello, Andrea Fapani. Thank you so much for joining us on the Canada Horse Podcast. Thank you for having me. Pleasure. 
I'm not sure if you know this, but I think that we first got Tutal's attention back in 2020 when we did a recap of your episode with Dr. John Newcomb. It was just such a great episode, the longest podcast episode I've ever listened to two times. (laughs) And it was just so good. I loved so much how you dug into a few things, especially like with the veterinary medicine that are not spoken about publicly very often. And so when I did this thorough recap of this podcast episode, Tutal reached out to me because it was pretty obvious that we were listening to your podcast and he has kind of kept in touch with us ever since. So when we started our podcast a few months later after that, he was very kind to offer us some suggestions and help and advice. And so it was a surprise when he reached out to us about the Along for the Ride Symposium, but didn't come out of nowhere. Yeah, well, thank you. Uh, yeah, that was one of my favorite episodes. And I agree with you that uh, there, that's why I started my, uh, my podcast myself, just because I felt that uh, there's a lot of things uh, within the equine industry that are not talked about. And I feel that people need to be exposed to it. I think that people sometimes make some decision or assumptions off of what they know, but sometimes opening their eyes to what they don't know, it's what needs to be done in order to really make uh, the right decision. And everybody's going to have different opinions on training, uh, you know, welfare, whatever you want to, you want to talk about. But I think that knowledge is a, is a basic of everything. And, and, you know, I, I feel lucky because I'm exposed to great people in this industry. So I think that I have all that information and I keep searching for more, but uh, both myself and yourself, obviously feel that need that, Everybody needs to be able to be exposed to, to that, not just uh, not just the elite or the people that are so involved, even just the, the person that only has one horse or they're just enjoying the horse, even, even if they don't own it and they're just passionate about it. They should they should be exposed to all, all that information, I feel. I so wholeheartedly agree. Mm-hmm. It's just so important. And that's a lot of times in our podcast, we're trying to bring up these the answers to these questions and that not everything is the same answer for each horse or each owner. And I really appreciate all of those questions and how open you are to answering those questions on your podcast. So we are very excited about the symposium and the opportunity that is going to happen here over these three days. So we were just wondering whose idea was it to do this symposium? Well, Tutal is the idea man every time. He's the one that told me I needed to start the podcast if I really felt that way. And he felt that uh, after these couple of years of the podcast, he's like, I think we're ready to bring it to the public and, uh, and do a live demonstration or a live event. So he's always the idea man. And then uh, I'm left to getting it done after that. So he has, uh, he has great ideas. So he's the one that, that obviously uh, told me that he felt that there was a need for it. And uh, the more we thought about it and talked about it, it really evolved into something that, you know, I, I maybe at the beginning, I wasn't aware of what really people uh, are needing out there. Meaning at the beginning, I thought, well, maybe it'll be a raining and cow horse demonstration. And, uh, and then we took it to, to a different level. Obviously, we reflected back on the podcast and what we really are trying to do with the podcast, which is talk about horsemanship, not just one discipline. And uh, so we decided that uh, we wanted to go that direction with the symposium. And that's one thing that I feel that people uh, are maybe still a little bit in the dark about this symposium. Nothing has been done this way. You either have symposium or let's say clinics of natural horsemanship or horsemanship like a Clinton Anderson type of guy as far as cult starting and uh, and all that direction, or you have reining clinics or cow horse clinics or barrel racing clinics. We're trying to unite the two basically by using the sports of different disciplines as an example but hopefully by the end of the symposium, when you attend it, you figure out that it's not really about the discipline. It's about the approach 
mental approach, physical approach to the horse itself to where uh, it doesn't really matter what you're doing. If it's, uh, if it's raining cowers or not even any events to where you're just enjoying your horse. I think there's a lot of things that you can learn. That's going to make that experience a lot more enjoyable. That's awesome. I think the format is amazing as well, where it's the demonstration of the skill and the ability for people to ask questions. I think that is, that's a really important thing to bring to our industry where it's not just, if you're going to learn, you have to either bring your horse and only learn from being a participant in the clinic or listening to podcasts, it's really taking that knowledge base and going, okay, let's take our podcast information and let's take our clinic information and really just meld it into something that's workable uh, for equestrians and at all levels. So I, I think it's fantastic. Yeah. And that's what we're really going to concentrate on doing. We're not going to try to talk a language that most people maybe don't even understand because I've been to those clinics myself when I was starting out as a youth rider and you know, you go to a three-day clinic and you're lucky if you go home and retain a couple things out of it because there's just so much information that, you know, a lot of things go, go right by you. We're trying to stick to the basics here and show how the basics can work at a high-level competition also, but we're still showing you the cold starting part of it, the problem-solved part of it. And that's what we really encourage people to do. If you're going to attend it, we really want you to ask questions because that is the only way that you're really going to learn. Don't be afraid to, to ask a, a stupid question. There are no, no dumb questions as long as it's a question. And that's the main thing for us. We're going to demonstrate, but we're, gonna not, we're not going to take your whole time by demonstrating you uh, how cool our horses are or how much we can get them to do. We want to demonstrate as an example so that it sparks interest into the public and into ourselves as a group to ask more questions and dig deeper into it. I think that just underlined why Too Tall did get into it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah I think so. Because we preach about just asking the questions, just get out there and ask the questions because if you're thinking it, someone else is thinking it. So I'm sure we'll yeah, be out there with our hands raised. It can get intimidating. A lot of times you don't want to expose yourself because you're thinking it, but maybe there's four or 500 people around you. You don't want to ask that question that people are going to think, you know, but that's exactly what you say. If you're thinking it, I tell you, I can tell you that there's going to be multiple people in that crowd that are thinking it that are maybe too scared to ask. So just ask it. And it's going to, like I say, it's going to answer your questions. More important than that, it's going to bring different subjects to the, to the symposium. And that's why we wanted to keep it as, a, as an open format. Um, I'm doing a podcast later on this afternoon. I'm recording one with Sean just to talk about how are we going to approach it? Meaning that in the past, I have never done it, you know, so we've, we really only explained to people how we start our horses, how we train them for the reining and how we do the maneuvers. But at this point, uh, we're past all that. Yes, we'll use those as an example, but I think that people are really going to enjoy. I'm, I'm putting more and more people together as a guest because I really want people to understand that it doesn't matter what kind of style of riding you have. Even within the industry of reining, I ride completely different than Sean. We may have some, uh, some, some guidelines that are still the same just because it's horsemanship. It's just the way a horse thinks and you're not going to change that. But you can approach it a lot of different ways. You can like a horse that's, uh, you know, more bridled up, a lower headed horse, a higher headed horse. Uh, we're going we're gonna to inspect all of that. And really, um, there's different approaches to do the same things. But I think at the end of the day, when you really listen to each rider and everybody I talk to myself uh, and I ask questions, at the end of the day, we all think the same. We just like maybe different things, but we all think the same. And that's, that's the important thing that people need to understand. And the horse is as an animal. 
it's an individual. If you can learn how to communicate with that individual and learn what kind of animal you have to work with, then uh, the sky's the limit on what you can do with it. Oh, absolutely. And both Nadine and I are big fans of both Nick and Sean, but we were curious, why did you choose Nick Dowers and Sean Flaherty for the symposium? What do you think they bring specifically to the table? Well, I think they're almost the two opposites and that's what I love about it. Meaning that Nick, um, uses a lot of open spaces, a lot of natural way of the horse's uh, thinking and movement to direct that horse into doing the, his discipline, which is reining cow horse. And then you have a Sean Flaherty that's pretty much stuck inside a, a, a tiny little indoor arena on the East Coast for uh, you know six months out of the year. And it, and he's been the, the, the most winning rider of all time. So he's getting great results by getting it done maybe in an 80 by 200 arena half of his year. And then you've got Nick that does it all by moving 100 cows or something like that out in the desert. So by putting people that are approaching the same type of result by doing it completely different ways, and maybe me, I'm going to be somewhere in the middle between the two of them I think it's going to open people's eyes to where because I know a lot of people sometimes it's easy to make excuses right oh the weather is bad or I don't have the good ground or I don't have uh this or or my horse is not at that high level and uh you know there's always a way to make it better there's always a way to work with either the environment or the situation where you're at or the horse that you have in front of you so I'm trying to diversify it as much as I can and we're also going to have a lot of different guests um Charlie and Jason, uh, they do uh, um, all around. They're going to come and do a demonstration on lead changes. Uh, we haven't actually announced that, but it's going to come out. Um, I'm talking to a couple of girls for bear racing that are probably going to be able to show up and talk about some of their principles on, on getting their horses broke. So there's a lot of information that's going to be brought out that I think people are going to enjoy. That is great. I love that, the difference between the two. And I think that the the main underlying thing here is good horsemanship, right? Your higher level horsemanship, putting the horse first, getting the best results while maintaining great horsemanship, not just making them do what you want them to do, but to do it with their mental and, and physical health. Yeah. I mean, that, that is the trick to be a great horseman. You still need to have a horse that thinks on its own and makes the decision on its own. Cause if you take all that away from him, that, now you've got a little robot underneath it. That's waiting for you to make every single step. And when you go at high speed, no matter what discipline you are, if they're not using their brain on their, on their own, if they're not knowing where they need to be at all time and, and be smart about it, you're going to get in trouble, but also you got to get them broke. And that's where, um, I feel that there's a little bit of confusion to where people think that in order to be a good horseman, um, you need to be, uh, you know, and we use natural horsemanship as, and I don't want it to sound bad, but in order to get a horse broke, you need to spend the hours. You need to get that horse focused on you. You need to get that horse to where he's, uh, he's obedient and he's respectful as much as you're respectful of him. But you also have to let him have his own thoughts, let him make his own decisions in order to understand where he needs to be. So that is the trick to to really being a great horseman, having a horse underneath you that respects you and it's super broke, but also makes the right decision and uses his brain and enjoys his job. So that's what we're all trying to do, which it's a big challenge for sure. <laughs> the big thing, right? I think it's it's pretty clear. You basically have created this event for any and all horsemen, horsewomen, equestrians. Who do you hope comes to the event? Well, I hope to see a little bit of everybody. I want to I want to see and that's why why we're trying to really push it to to where if you're if you're just passionate and wanting to come in, maybe learn a little bit more about the industry. If you have your first horse or if you have, um, you know, 20 horses in training, it doesn't really matter. I hope that we see a little bit of everything. Um, I think that 
uh, the roundtables in the evening are going to bring a lot of uh, good information also because when you're on a horse, things happen pretty quick. But when you can all sit down, we're going to have one with just uh, professionals talking about horsemanship. And then we're going to have one. Um, John Newcomb is going to be a, a guest and a few other um, people that are breeders, uh, non-pros. We're trying to talk a little bit about every part of the industry. So hopefully um, if you're in the horse industry at all or thinking about getting in, you're going to get something out of it. Well, that's awesome. I cannot wait. I feel like the the whole setup for this event just looks like it is going to be so informative from the roundtable, everything. I'm just excited. Yeah, I think by the time you, you, you sit down and watch, it's going to be interesting. You know, it's going to start with Nick with a couple two-year-olds that haven't been touched at all other than being hauled. So he, he was really, really adamant that he did not want anything that's been in a roundtable before or anything like that. So he's going to start and uh, and work a little bit with them every day and we're going to see what he can do by the third day with, the, with these colts that haven't had anything and then uh, Sean and I are going to take over we're going to have the guests mixed in a little bit to do some demonstration there's going to be uh, there's going to be a lot going on but like I say it's still a lot of time for people to be part of it I want people to interact and I want people to feel that they are a big part of this symposium it's not just us we're bringing the ideas out so that hopefully we have good different subjects to talk about. Oh, that's great. So we heard that there's going to be a live feed for those who can't make the live event. But what do you say to someone who's kind of sitting on the fence between should I go to the actual in-person event or should I just sit home and watch it live? What else is being offered during the symposium? Well, the live feed, it's great if you really can't make it. But obviously on live feeds, you can't ask your own questions. You can't there's going to be a lot of things. Obviously, we're going to have two, three horses going at the same time in the arena on the live feed. You're going to be able to see most of it and we're going to do the best job we can. But if there's nothing like being there live in person to where you really see what's going on. So I really suggest for uh, for what you get, get out of it and uh, and it's going to be a, a good experience. I think I think being there live, it's going to be the best experience. Obviously, if you can't make it, you know, live, the, the live feed and we're probably even going to record it for later on to, to sell some DVDs or, or something like that. So there's going to be a lot, a lot to take, but the round tables are going to be I don't feel that I, I'm not sure sure 100 percent if they're going to be live yet or not uh, i know that the, the arena time it's going to be live but the information the extra information that you're going to get out of the camera it's going to be worth your time for sure coming in i feel yeah and and so this is being held in the in conjunction with the aqha convention yes. convention right so yeah. so that's happening and people can go to both at the same time back and forth is that right Yes, yes. And AQHA has been a big supporter of it from the beginning when we approached them and uh, wanted to do it at the same time in the same location. We felt that maybe it'd be convenient for a lot of the people already going to that convention. There's also going to be quite a few uh, people like uh, Bob Avila that's on the judges committee for AQHA that's going to sit on the round, one of the round tables for us. There's going to be people that are involved in AQHA that are going to be part of the, of the symposium themselves. So it's kind of convenient for everybody. And yes, I mean, it's going to be a big event and it's going to be um, if AQHA, if you're not you know, familiar with what their conventions are, look it up on their website. But they have a lot of different uh, open meetings that you can attend that give a lot of good information. That's why there's going to be a lot of veterinarians, a lot of uh, people involved in every part of the AQHA industry at that convention. That, so I think you can get a lot of, out of that. And I think, uh, you know, being together, you have that convenience to bounce back and forth if you need to. I think that the biggest thing to me, what's just kind of hitting me is that this is not a competition and nobody has their own personal horses here. So the, the biggest thing here is that it's just about learning and all of these professionals and experts that are here are not going to be focused on getting ready, preparing for a big competition. You're not going out there thinking about, 
competing and nobody's there taking care of their own horses. So you're not distracted at all. It's literally just about learning and coming together, the meeting of the minds. And I just am so excited about that. And so one last question before we let you go is just what do you hope people take away from the symposium or if they watch the live feed? What if if there's one thing that somebody takes away from it, what would you want that to be? Well, I just wanted to learn uh, the language of communicating with the horse. And, and it may be something simple to think about it and something abstract, but it is at the bottom of everything from uh, being able to, to teach good ground matter to your horse from the first rides to, to the end when you walk in the show pen. Uh, and that's what I always struggle with uh, some of the newer guys that maybe start working for me or some of the people that I'm, that I'm uh, teaching. They all think that we're trying, you know, it's not about thinking. It's about uh, assuming that the horse knows what you're asking him to do. It doesn't matter what you're asking him to do. And, and if you really take the time to break it down, uh, especially on a young horse or a horse that's been approached a different way before, you got to really break it down to the basic to start a conversation to where that horse knows where does the pressure apply? Where does it go away? And then from there, you build whatever you want to teach them. So that is at the bottom of the, uh, of the symposium and, and what I want people to hopefully uh, understand a little bit more. How do I communicate to my horse what I want to do? Because I have a thought in my mind and hopefully what my body does is giving them that signal. But a lot of times it gets confused and that's where the struggles come to where the horse gets frustrated. And then it, you take two steps forward and then five back and then one forward and then three back. And, and it seems like a really struggling process. So I think that if you can uh, take a, a quarter step forward every day towards what your end goal is, it's going to be uh, a lot easier than taking huge leaps forward and then some steps back. So hopefully uh, people learn a little bit of that. I know that I've been working all my life at getting better at that and I know I still learning myself so you never stop learning and that's one thing that um, you know I, I have a few uh, people that I really respect as an example uh, Clinton Anderson always told me that it's like no matter where you feel that you you are even as a clinician or as a showman you're never going to stop learning because the minute you close your brain to where you don't listen to the individuals that you have underneath then you're going to start going backwards and and that's what we really really preach uh, both in our podcast and in that um uh, hopefully in the symposium that if you really understand what you have underneath you and if you can make them understand what your mind is, where your mind is, I think that you can accomplish great things. Well, it really sounds like a phenomenal opportunity for all horsemen and horsewomen. And it very much aligns with what we're trying to do here on Canada Horse Podcast. We're so thrilled to have been able to talk to you and for us to be able to go to this event in person and share it with our audience and also, for those of you who are listening, don't forget that Andrea does have an incredible podcast himself. Uh, it's very informative. It's called Along for the Ride, and it can be found anywhere that you find your podcasts. Uh, and then if you're interested in the symposium, I suggest that you head over to alongfortheride.pro, and you can see all of the details there. All three days of the curriculum are laid out beautifully on their webpage. Uh, you can book your hotel directly from there. And the one thing that I thought was fantastic is it's all under the same roof. So you're, there's really, once you get there, you go from the airport and you go to uh, the uh, the facility and you're, you're there for the three days. So I think that it's very convenient and we're very excited. And uh, thank you so much for being with us today. Yeah, one thing I want to make sure that people know, make sure you take advantage of that discount for, uh, for the hotel rooms. Don't book it straight to South Point or you can book it to uh, South Point, but make sure you use the discount code or you can go to our website and book it through there and you're going to get uh, $50 off every night off of, uh, off of the hotel room. So take advantage of that. 
Perfect. Okay. If they can't find the code, we'll make sure we put it in our episode notes because I, I do have it. So thanks so much for talking to us today, Andrea, and we look forward to seeing you in Vegas in February. Yeah. Thank you for much for having me. It's been a pleasure and uh, can't wait to meet you in person. Awesome. Thanks, Andrea. Thanks for listening today. If you know a fellow Canadian equestrian or equine business you think needs to be highlighted on the show, be sure to email podcast at informedequestrian.com so we can be in touch. And if you enjoyed today's episode, the best way to send us some love is by sharing about Canada Horse Podcast and Informed Equestrian with your friends. And leaving a review is always appreciated. Your support means the world to us. Until next time. Right on, Canada. Canada.